Hello everyone, welcome to your weekly tech update, the show that explores the newest, coolest, and sometimes mind-boggling side of tech available on the interwebs. I am your geek commander, Ray McNeil. Coming up on the program today, the 2020 Resvani Tank X is a demon-engined SUV that you can get for $349,000. Researchers develop an E. coli strain that can eat carbon dioxide, and happening in this week's What The... I was the race announcer for three years up at the Wenatchee Valley Super Oval. I now live in Australia, and two TV personalities from Melbourne have now gone to Washington State and actually drove the WVSO Cool Kids Fun Bus in a bus race at the Evergreen Speedway. I know, what a small world. We'll show you that and a whole lot more coming up on today's edition of your weekly tech update next. An Airbus-backed air racing tournament unveiled an electric-powered sports aircraft recently, billed as the world's first, as the European plane maker seeks to boost its green aerospace technology. Several companies, including U.S. ride-hailing company Uber Technologies, are working on electric-powered flying cars amid increasing concerns about the environmental impact of fossil fuel-intensive air travel. Last month, Airbus rival Boeing announced a partnership with automaker Volkswagen sports car brand Porsche to develop a concept electric flying vehicle capable of transporting people in urban environments. Air Race E said the aircraft called White Lightning and unveiled at the Dubai Air Show will be manufactured by UK-based Condor Aviation. The aircraft will use an electric motor that will carry it at flight speeds of around 482 kilometers per hour, that's about 300 miles an hour, on a tight five-kilometer circuit just 10 meters above the ground. The racing series will provide a test bed for innovation and accelerate the journey towards electric commercial travel. Lithium batteries installed under the fuselage of the plane will provide for five minutes of high-intensity racing and around 10 minutes of reverse flying at reduced power. Air Racy is aiming to be the world's first all-electric airplane competition when it launches its inaugural series of international races sometime in 2020. It expects to, this week, name eight teams for its first race. At long last, the 1,000-horsepower SUV with EMP protection that you've always wanted. Ditching the old bones of the previous generation Jeep Wrangler JK, the Resvani Tank is entering the 2020 model year on the latest JL underpinnings of America's iconic off-roader. While a standard Wrangler kicks off at less than 30 grand, you'll have to pony up some serious cash to get behind the wheel of the tank, as the base model kicks off at 155 grand. Go for the Armored Tank Military Edition and you'll pay 295 grand. 
As for the flagship Tank X, aka the off-road supercar, it carries an eye-watering starting price, yes, starting price, of $349,000. The crown jewel of the range is powered by the same supercharged 6.2-liter V8 engine you'll find in the Dodge Demon, but further upgraded to deliver more than 1,000 horsepower and 870 pound-feet of torque. With these impressive output numbers, Resvani says the revamped tank is now the most powerful production SUV in the world. Options for the ludicrously expensive SUV include a thermal night vision system for an extra $6,500, automatic side steps for $2,500, and an interior lighting package that will net you back $2,500 as well. Resvani will be more than happy to throw in an upgraded off-road race-ready Fox suspension package for $12,500, a full leather interior for $5,500, as well as other miscellaneous goodies like heated and cooled seats. If you really want to get close to the $400,000 mark, a $12,500 focal sound system is also available, as are $850 side cameras, a dual $2,500 battery setup, a $7,500 auxiliary gas tank, and even a $6,250 glitzy headliner in the same vein as Rolls-Royce. The regular 2020 tank can be had with a four-cylinder 2.0-liter turbo engine delivering 285 horsepower, but Resvani says it's only for export vehicles. Also offered is a naturally aspired 3.6-liter V6 rated at 285 horsepower and then a beefier V8 with 500 horsepower on top, while a 3-liter V6 diesel pumps out 285 horsepower. As for the aforementioned Tank Military Edition, the company's configurator lists the model as being available with the 500 horsepower, the 285 horsepower diesel, and the demon-sourced 1,000 horsepower mill as a whopping $145,000 add-on option. Styling-wise, the 2020 Resvani tank has gone through quite a few changes, and probably the most noticeable one is the switch to front-hinged rear doors, now with proper handles. The over-the-top SUV has gained protection against electromagnetic pulses as well for an extra $2,500. So in theory, it's ready to face a nuclear war. Resvani Motors will begin customer deliveries to those who have pre-ordered the 2020 tank in the weeks to come. New orders are also being taken, including four vehicles with right-hand drive. You all know that I absolutely love VR, and this is a special one. With multiple references to the series and its 55-year history, Doctor Who, The Edge of Time combines action, adventure, and sci-fi, equipping players with the iconic sonic screwdriver to solve mind-bending puzzles, escape treacherous environments, and come face-to-face -face with classic Doctor Who monsters, all within virtual reality. 
escape from the weeping angels, face off against brand new creatures, and harness fearsome weaponry in a thrilling and immersive single-player adventure. Become part of Doctor Who, developed by Sony London alumni. They also did VR Worlds, The London Heist, which is awesome, and Blood and Truth, my favorite PlayStation VR game. Doctor Who The Edge of Time will immerse players in the world of Doctor Who like never before, as you travel across space and time to save reality. Experience stunning visuals that bring the show to life featuring Jodie Whitetaker as the voice of the Doctor and Nicholas Briggs in a story written by Gavin Collinson. He's the digital producer for Doctor Who and author. Developed by immersive entertainment studio Maze Theory, led by former Activision and PlayStation veterans, Doctor Who The Edge of Time is available right now for the PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, Oculus Quest, and HTC Vive. Superstar Mario modder Kay's Emanuar, whose work we've uh, featured before, has a huge new project out. Super Mario 64 Land. It's an all-new Mario game based on Super Mario 64 that adds new levels, new bosses, new power-ups, and even new music. There's a catch, however. It's technically a mod for Super Mario 64, not a full standalone executable, so you're gonna need a ROM to play it on your computer, but whatever. That's a pretty easy workaround in the age of the interwebs. There's a trailer showing off how it introduces more contemporary Mario items into the Nintendo 64 engine, like 3D World's Catsuit, I would love to tell you how to download it and try it yourself, but the download link has gone missing, presumably because of a takedown notice from Nintendo. It looks like quadruped robots are going to run rampant in the near future. Boston Dynamics, the company responsible for this astonishing biped, released its first real commercial for its dog-like bot, spot back in September. And now we have new footage of MIT's mini cheetah robot in a group of nine strong. Watch as the mini robot cheetahs backflip, run, and perform synchronized drills for a glimpse of a world that'll probably soon be crawling with these things. Twitter page Robot and AI World recently posted a clip of the robot cheetahs, but you have to watch the full video to get a sense of just how impressive they actually are. Now, according to MIT News, these new mini cheetahs weigh in at 20 pounds and have a range of motion that rivals a champion gymnast. The quadrobots also have legs with 360-degree maneuverability, meaning if you flip them over, they still function normally. Like Boston Dynamics Atlas, they can also right themselves after being kicked over. Oh, and in terms of pure metalhead madness, they could reach a top speed of nearly 28 miles per hour. MIT News also notes that these mini cheetahs are the first four-legged robots to do a backflip. Although, to be fair, most people are probably familiar with those little toy robot dogs that are able to perform the acrobatic feat as well. Obviously, these robots are far more advanced and capable than the toy dogs, so perhaps these are the first real robot quadrupeds to be able to do a backflip.
That subjective distinction, it seems, is up for debate. That question of precedence aside, the members of MIT's Department of Mechanical Engineering have highlighted these mini cheetahs as being a significant evolutionary step for quadruped robots because of how robust and modular they are. Benjamin Katz, a technical associate from MIT who's a member of the project's development team, told MIT News, you can put these parts together almost like Legos. He also added that they don't break easily. However, if they do, they're cheap and they're easy to fix, thanks in part to the fact that the legs are all separately motorized and interchangeable. It's unclear what range of tasks these mini cheetahs will take on in the future. If they're deployed in the same way as Spot, well, they'll probably be helping with monitoring construction sites, providing services as remote inspectors of dangerous environments, and even for security purposes. For right now, however, Katz and the other members of the project are hoping to have some kind of robot dog race through an obstacle course in order to test the efficiency of different control algorithms. A prospect that seems entertaining and perhaps even a precursor test for package delivery capabilities. Fitbit is to be acquired by Google in an all-cash deal worth $2.1 billion, the two companies announced recently. The company will be folded into the search giant, forming part of its hardware team, making a new generation of wearables. Judging from the statements made by Fitbit CEO James Park and Google's hardware chief Rick Osterloh, Feature Fitbit devices will run Wear OS, with Google's resources and global platform, says Park. Fitbit will be able to accelerate innovation in the wearables category, scale faster, and make health even more accessible. Osterloh adds that the deal is an opportunity to invest even more in Wear OS, as well as introduce made by Google wearable devices. Wear OS's Samir Samat says that the pair will smash Fitbit's hardware and Google's software smarts together. Fitbit has been plagued by rumors that it was exploring a sale and that Google's parent company Alphabet was the prime bidder. The deal is expected to close next year pending approval from regulators and, of course, Fitbit shareholders. And with Fitbit's market cap of around $1.6 billion, it looks as if Google is paying over the odds, or at least more than it could, to pick up the company to bolster its hardware strategy. Fitbit has said that its devices will continue to be platform agnostic, working with both iOS and Android devices in the future. Google has also said that Fitbit health and wellness data will not be used for Google Ads, although it will collect data as much as it does with its other platforms. It will be interesting to see how this impacts Fitbit users in the short and medium term, as well as Google's other Wear OS partners like Fossil. While you're stuffing turkey leftovers into your belly, the last thing you want to think about is E. coli. But spare a thought for the bacterium. It's not always here to harm you, and it needs to eat as well. 
Now, according to a new paper published in Cell, scientists have developed a strain of E. coli that feeds on carbon dioxide. As Nature explains, the bacteria usually prefers sugars, but the lab created strains that could be used to create biofuels with a lower emissions footprint than conventional production methods. E. coli, for all its bad press, has already been used to do many useful things. Several years ago, researchers managed to store encrypted data in the microorganisms. This isn't the first time we've seen carbon-guzzling strains either, but previous efforts have only consumed CO2 as a small part of their diet compared to this latest generation. If you were hoping the new bacteria could be used to suck CO2 out of the air and help save the planet, sadly that's not viable right now. Not least because this modified bacterium currently emits more than it consumes, but the team behind the research does claim the strain could be used to develop food and hopes that switching to electricity as an energy source might reduce those emissions. As appetizing as E. coli food sounds, we'll have to wait a long time to find out what the dinner plate of the future looks like. The researchers say that the work is mostly a proof of concept at this time, so our dreams or nightmares of an E. coli-based holiday dinner are still some way off. Something else to be thankful for, I would imagine. You might hear a little more emotion from Alexa's vaguely robotic voice sometime soon, as Amazon announced recently that developers can now have Alexa respond to questions from US users with a happy, excited, or even disappointed or empathetic tone. Amazon suggests that the happy, excited tone could be used when you answer a trivia question correctly, for example. I'm playing a single hand in what looks like a losing game. And the disappointed, empathic tone could be used when you ask for a sports score and your favorite team is lost. I'm playing a single hand in what looks like a losing game. One day I'm sure she'll express disappointment at some dumb question that you ask and, well, you'll probably deserve it as well. I'm playing a single hand in what looks like a losing game. If you want to hear the different voices for yourself and Amazon shared six examples, three for each emotion, at increasing levels of excitement or disappointment. I honestly don't think the disappointment voice sounds that disappointed, maybe more unhappy or a little bit sad. The excited voice is pretty good though, especially the high-intensity version. I'm playing a single hand in what looks like a losing game. This isn't Amazon's first change for Alexa, as it launched a newscaster-like voice for U.S. customers back in January. San Francisco's $2.2 billion Grand Central Terminal open spanning three city blocks. In today's blog post, though, Amazon also announced that developers can use another new topic-focused voice designed to discuss music. Welcome to Amazon's brand new music playlist. The best songs of the week updated every Friday. Both voices sound slightly different and have different flow than the standard Alexa voice, and they sound much closer to a newscaster or radio DJ's voice that you might hear on the radio. You can compare a standard Alexa voice with the newscaster and radio DJ-like voices. Amazon also said that developers can now enable a newscaster voice with an Australian accent as well. Facebook has bought 
Beat Saber developer Beat Games. It'll continue operating as an independently operated studio in Prague, only it'll be under the umbrella of Oculus Studio. Beat Games will continue to ship content and updates for Beat Saber at the same time across all currently supported platforms. Oculus Director of Content Mike Verdu wrote in a blog post recently explaining the whole process. The long-awaited 360-degree mode is still scheduled to debut next month, and more tunes are on the way to the hit virtual reality rhythm game before the year's out. Things are a little murkier when it comes to future games, though. The blog post didn't spell out whether potential sequels will be available outside of the Oculus platform. As for Beat Saber's modding scene, Verdu noted Facebook and Oculus still plan to support mods, but those including pirated content might not fly. If you haven't tried Beat Saber yet, they've got them at many, many VR arcades in the world. If you loved Guitar Hero back in the day, you're going to love Beat Saber. And finally, happening in this week's What The, I was the race announcer for three years at the Wenatchee Valley Super Oval. I now live in Australia, and two TV personalities from Melbourne have gone to Washington State and actually drove the Wenatchee Valley Cool Kids Fun Bus in a bus race at the Evergreen Speedway. What a small world we live in. Check it out. Ando, you're looking at me in a way that seems to say, Read the next sentence. Haim, please take us to the bus racing day. <laughs> Great. Ta-da. But to go and just watch makes no sense. By the way, I hope you still have a valid bus license. Why would the rider of this car be wondering if you had a valid bus license when what you've come it? to just watch the bus racing? I mind the race. <laughs> yes, Ando, you've got it, bud. Tonight, this stadium will fill up with 7,500 people to witness these immaculate vehicles rip around this figure-eight track. And I should warn you, for drivers, things can get a little bit hairy in the middle section. Oh! We now cut back to Andy Lee, trying to take this all in. you got to pick. Do we go fast through the cross? Do we slow down? Because... Because it can be a bit congested out there. That's why you've got the best navigator in the business. I'll keep an eye out for the other buses. Does every bus have a navigator? No. It's a brand new thing that we've invented. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be, but I thought I can't send you into a bus to die in a fireball bay. So That's nice. i got to be in yeah. the fireball with you. Yeah. just seems like the right thing to do. I was not loving this, nor was I loving the enthusiasm from our garage team. Are you guys in our mechanics? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> we were in safe hands, though, Ando, because Kevin was a bus guru. I, I'm going to say... State-of-the-art doesn't come to mind. Uh, this is true. We actually well, looked at the year. It's a 1960. And it is 1960. This brand of bus, the Gillick brand of bus, was well-sought. It is. Oh. Think I pulled that off? Yeah, there'll probably be some people that are mad at us for crashing it. I won't. Beautiful bus. I won't. Crash. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. In the WVSO bus from Australia. It would be a rolling start. The stadium was now packed to see the carnage that was about to unfold. The green flag was poised, and as we crossed this line, it was game on. Green means go, and we are off. Go, go, Ando! Left round this first corner. Go, Ando, you're in the front. You're leading. And all of a sudden, Sam was on our rear. I think we're racing now. On. That's Sam. It is on. It was on. And they weren't going easy on the out-of-towners. Here we go, Andy. 
time. We do not want to be on that pole. I switched to Mario from Mario Kart to help Andy take corners better. Mamma mia. Beating away into the ass. Oh, no. Thanks for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you'd like us to feature on the program, you need to send me an email, djraymcneil at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at your weekly tech update and check out the podcast, audio and video versions available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Audioburst, and elsewhere on the interwebs. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Good night, world. Good night.